Welcome back to the Falcon Punch Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you continue to enjoy, you know, listening, I guess, is what it is. Um, so it's been a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with scheduling-wise, like if it's going to be a weekly thing or as soon as I have something I want to talk about kind of thing or something like that. The biggest reason for, like, I guess, the wait for this, you know, third episode here. Oh, yeah. This is the third episode. Anyways, um, the biggest wait was mostly because, or the biggest reason for the wait was that um, this past week I've been fairly busy at work. Uh, did a 17-hour work day on Tuesday, and then like a 12 to 13-hour day on Wednesday, and another, you know, 13-hour day on Thursday. And it's been quite exhausting. Um, all in all, though, it's been incredibly like satisfying doing what I've been doing. I can't go into too much detail yet, but when I'm able to, I, I'll i see if it's okay to let, you know, people know. Or I'll, I'll think about it, mostly because, like, it's kind of like a, a personal thing. It's definitely, you know, my personal work life isn't really something I want to get into too much detail with. I'll definitely, you know, give vague descriptions here or there, but... In general, it's probably not the most professional thing to, like, go into detail about that kind of stuff. So we'll, you know, probably hold off on it. But it is really exciting uh, what I've been working on. And it's really, really freaking cool. But anyways, how are you? Um, Other than my, like, ridiculously, you know, extensive and crazy work week um i did get to finish my gundam i talked about it in previous episodes but i finally finished my master grade new gundam version ka it took probably about 11 and a half hours total just to like get the the build together i haven't done any of the decals just yet uh, I haven't even done any panel lining, but I do have some Gundam markers slash paint markers, like fine tip markers coming in probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. But, you know, I guess by the time, as far as like talking about time, it's kind of difficult to like really, you know, I guess discuss mostly because... You know, you never know when you'll end up listening to this or someone else will end up listening to this. So I'll try and keep it relative. But yeah, it's been that building that Gundam was extremely satisfying. Uh, If you're watching or listening from YouTube, there will be a picture of the Gundam on, you know, the screen along with, you know, the Falcon Punch podcast as a title and if you're following me on twitter i've been doing nothing really but posting 
lots and lots of pictures. I posted pictures of my progress on it. I posted pictures on, you know, like each com like kind of completion and the amount of time that it took to get to that point. And I'm totally in love with Gunpla right now. I I I've been putting like a bunch of different you know model kits on my wish list right now. And that's mostly for me, you know, like I'll get to it as soon as I can. But there's, I definitely see myself pursuing this hobby a bit more in debt. Um, it's extremely satisfying. Uh, at times it is frustrating, especially when working with some of the smaller pieces and stuff and like, you know, trying to find it across like 24, maybe however many, you know, risers. Are they called risers? Well, anyway, like trying to find those pieces, like it can get a little bit frustrating, but like as it's coming together, like you hear the satisfying like sounds of the the click as they come together and it's just, it's bliss. Like I can't stop messing with it. Well, I mean, I'm trying not to, so it doesn't, you know, get like loose or anything like that, but it's just satisfying to look at, just like looking at it and it's just so sick. It is probably one of like, it might become like my favorite hobby. I'm not entirely sure yet, but with the, the feelings that I get making this or making that Gundam, the feelings that I got, it was, it was like bliss. Like I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, Every night after work, even like when, even after like a 17 hour work day, I wanted to work on it, but I could not because I didn't want to, you know, make it so that I couldn't wake up in the next day or the next morning to like, you know, get back to work. So I was being responsible, being very responsible, but yeah, man. It's making me want to like go back and watch like previous Gundam series that I've seen before and you know kind of kind of pick and choose what my next model kit will be. Um I think I'm going to watch rewatch either Gundam Seed or Gundam Double O. I remember not liking Gundam Seed too much mostly because it felt like really whiny at the time but i think that was just gundam seed destiny that kind of had that feel um it's been quite some time since i've last watched seed so maybe it'll be different i know that it's on hulu and i started watching a bit there so yeah we'll see how it goes with that at least um in other news though like, I touched on it, you know, a little bit before, but it was, so my work week was kind of like a mini hackathon. Um, I can talk a little bit about the pro, like, kind of like the idea of it. So a hackathon really is when, like, a bunch of developers get together uh, and just kind of, like, code. They literally sit there and code for, like, long periods of time get like pizza and things like that like but because of the you know whole pandemic situation uh we could not 
it was like highly suggested not to get together in a single area. I don't believe any of my coworkers do have, you know, corona, but there's always a chance you could catch it, you know, meeting in an area where there have been other people or there will be other people around and you don't really know. Like there's very like light symptoms that, you know, some people may not immediately believe that it's, you know, coronavirus. So it was kind of like a virtual hackathon where we split off into like two groups. Um, and like uh, I focused mostly, or mostly, <laughs> I focused mostly on creating the infrastructure as uh, the coding. So what that means is I create files with lines of code that provision uh, virtual machines and like clusters in the cloud which will be basically like the foundation of the product or any sort of web application. Um, if you think like, let's think in terms of like Facebook, Twitch, or like YouTube even, right? So a Kubernetes cluster with the right load balancer and the right you know settings will be ever expanding. And what makes that cool is on sites like Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, they need those kinds of, or that kind of infrastructure. Otherwise, you know, their site would go down instantly. The amount of people that show up, the amount of people that are using those websites concurrently, it's very important to have infrastructure that expands with it. And that's kind of like what I was doing. I was creating code for infrastructure that does that. So we were like looking for, um, we had like a lot of issues uh, trying to get DNS working properly. Network engineering is a beast and it's definitely some crazy shit. Like, it doesn't matter, like, how much experience you have. If you haven't seen something like that before, it becomes a whole nother monster that you probably did not think would be like that. It's actually insane how crazy it was. But we were able to get a lot of humps, or we were able to, like, you know, cross those uh, bumps in the road as they came it may have taken some time, but we're very close to like a complete product and it's super exciting. As far as like hackathoning goes, oh man, like maybe it's just like how old I am now. I mean, 31 isn't like the oldest of old, but I cannot, I can't, it's very difficult for me to like focus like for th that long of a period and not be mentally exhausted. Like I remember back in the day, and by back in the day, like 10 years ago, it's like I can do like a gaming like marathon. Sometimes like 24 hours or more than 24 hours straight. Not that it's recommended to do anything like that, but it's possible. And like I, I think about like my times at like Anime Week in Atlanta 
um, there was definitely an AWA where I stayed up about 72 hours straight. And that was like without any sort of kind of like stimulant or whatever. And by stimulant, I mean something like Adderall or whatnot. And I do not recommend using those things if you don't need them. But like it was, you know, there was drinking involved. I was still smoking a lot of cigarettes. I went through probably like four packs that weekend. But, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I only vape. And I try not to vape on, you know, during the recordings of these things just because I don't think it's kind of conducive for a great podcasting listening experience but yeah yeah so that was like my first hackathon like from the way that my boss was telling me um once like you know things get super rolling like there's gonna be a lot of those days and i'm kind of scared but also very exciting or excited about that prospect uh, it just means, you know, we're growing as a company, we're growing as a, t- and we should grow as a team along with that. So that should, you know, lighten the load of something like that. But yeah, um, I'm just glad it's the weekend. I'm able to rest and, you know, do some recording, do this podcast, and I'll probably, you know, play some games. And kind of relax like that. And speaking of games, uh, I definitely need to talk about the fact that Pokemon is releasing their own MOBA on the Switch. That's actually, like, pretty genius. Um, If you think about it, you know, with how many Pokemon there are, they have a giant cast of, like, Pokemon that they can use as playable characters. And if you think about it, MOBAs in general usually only have about four abilities, which is very, very, you know, similar to just the regular Pokemon video games. Like, four moves is usually the max, right? Now, in different MOBAs, like, there are, like, extra sub-abilities that tie into it. But in general, like, it makes perfect sense to have that kind of a battle system where you're able to control your Pokemon and have four moves and stuff. And like they kind of kind of went into that like with Pokémon back in the Wii U days, I believe. But nobody really, I don't know if anyone actually like took that game seriously. I know that it was at Evo like way back when it was first released, but it never like really caught any traction in the fighting game community at least. And I think making a MOBA for Pokemon is actually a great idea, but my only like real kind of gripe or like issue with that is that Pokemon in general, or not Pokemon, but being a, it's, I think it's going to be a Nintendo Switch exclusive, which kind of sucks because Nintendo Online is garbage, but It might be okay in MOBA form, and I highly doubt it's going to become like a competitive like eSport in any way. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Like you, you're, it, may, it may become an eSport, it may not. I, I highly doubt it will, just because 
I don't think it has the capabilities of LAN. I don't believe switches have that. I don't believe there's going to be dedicated servers to like make sure to manage everybody's ping. There's definitely not like any wired connection like solution for the Nintendo Switch that I know of. So having like inconsistent ping like that on wireless connections will definitely like make that experience very hard to enjoy as like a competitive game. But as a casual one, it could be extremely fun. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't. And I think it'll be really fun just uh, just to play with, you know, your friends and kind of kind of shoot the shit. Although I would probably recommend using like something like Discord to like communicate with your friends because I don't even know if the Switch has like a voice chatting feature, does it? Probably not, right? Anyways, Pokemon LOL basically or Pokemon Dota. I'm not sh I don't remember seeing a release date on it. I don't imagine it'll be this year, but if it is, cool. If not, you know, it's fine. Hash out some of the the game mechanics and that gives them time, but it was definitely announced. And on top of that, Pokemon Snap, a new version was announced as well for the Nintendo Switch, which which, which is pretty cool. Uh, I remember playing that old game on the 64. And by the 64, I mean Nintendo 64. I'm not sure about the age group of, you know, people listening. But back in the old days, when there was no, like, you know, HD stuff. It was, like, all on, like, CRT televisions. There was a game console known as the Nintendo 64. And whew, Pokemon Snap was... Definitely one of the most simple games that I have ever played, but it was also like just cool looking at Pokemon in like 3D and you know taking pictures of them. It was a very casual and relaxing kind of game, depending on like how you approached it, right? Because I think it was sometimes it was like really difficult to get like the max score, like it, it was like very RNG, I believe, when you tried to get points in that game, but. It's been it's been almost 20 years since I last touched it. So my memory might be failing me at that. And speaking of like just like gaming stuff in general, um this doesn't have to do with game like video games in general, like a a brand new game or anything, but Mixer a streaming platform that was a competitor to Twitch. And I, when I mean competitor to Twitch, it was kind of like, it was up and coming, right? They closed down in last week in June. Um, that's nuts. Like they had, Mixer had spent millions upon millions getting big streamers from Twitch over to their platform to help grow it. And in reality, like if you really thought about it, like it was kind of like a very ballsy move to do anything like that. Just because a lot of big streamers are kind of tied to their platform. Like if you think about it, like their first like real huge ginormous purchase or like of the streamers like that they, you know, got was Ninja, right? 
I'm sure if you're in gaming, you might have heard about Ninja, like him or hate him or not. Like, he has become sort of like a, a big figure within the gaming community just because of, like, the accomplishments he's done and, like, kind of, like, pushing gaming more into the mainstream media, right? Like, until Ninja, like, big game like, gaming community, like, figureheads were kind of, like, stuck on YouTube. Um, the biggest one that really, you know, kind of comes to mind is, like, Athene, who was a World of Warcraft streamer, not streamer, but, you know, gamer that, like, made, you know, funny videos. And then, along with that, um... You know, the next version of Athene. Because Athene now is kind of like a conspiracy theorist on, like, quantum physics and the way of the world and all this other stuff. Um, the next big one would be, like, PewDiePie, right? Now, he's huge on YouTube. Millions and millions and millions of subscribers. Uh, and has, like, a very huge outreach. But, you know, he's not really on national TV, if unless you really count, like, and by national, I mean in the United States. He's not, uh, unless you count, like, his appearance on South Park, he hasn't really, like, hit, like, you know, news stations, he hasn't done big-ass interviews, he is not really on magazines, at least that I, I, I remember, or I've seen. And Ninja did all that collaborated with like a lot of you know musicians was on news had his own new year special that was that gave birth to one of the cringiest like clips that i've ever seen when he tried to get like people in times square try to dance in the pouring fucking rain like that shit was fucking hilarious <laughs> oh man just <laughs> I actually, you know, tuned into it just to see, like, what that would look like. Or, like, you know, during that whole, like, New Year special when Ninja was at its, like, I guess, peak in terms of popularity. And it was... Just watching that was, like... <laughs> that gave me such good laughs just because... It's like, I'm not seeing enough movement out there. And nobody, nobody in that crowd was moving. They were... They were probably contemplating just leaving because of how much rain there was, but they stayed because, you know, it's New Year's and they want to see, you know, the countdown and all that special stuff. But man, that, that if you haven't seen it, just type in Ninja New Year's and I'm sure it'll pop up like the first like, you know, video. It's top exquisite level cringe. But yeah, Mixer shut down. Um, not only did they buy Ninja, they bought Shroud, who's another big streamer from Twitch, and, like, the theorized, or, like, the, not the theorized, but, like, the, um, the numbers that have been thrown out into the Twitterverse and, like, news, you know, websites, the amount that was spent is probably around 40 million dollars there's a r rumor that ninja was paid 30 million dollars to switch from twitch to mixer for like 
um, whatever period of time. Same goes for Shroud, but his contract was more like 10 million. It wasn't as big as Ninja at the time, because when Ninja moved over to Mixer, he was averaging probably anywhere between like 80,000 to 140,000 viewers like a stream. And that's an insane number if you really think about it. On top of the fact that like, you know, his YouTube is blown up. And, you know, same for Shroud. Shroud averaged, I believe, like around 30 to like 60,000 viewers while he was on Twitch. Uh, I never really paid, I, I didn't follow Shroud. Um, but I did, you know, see a bunch of his clips whenever he was playing with like Dr. Disrespect. And apparently Dr. Disrespect was banned off of Twitch too. It's not over DMCA reasons like it has been for like many other Twitch streamers because of the recent DMCA like debacle. But it's a permanent ban, supposedly. And there's rumors like there's a lot of rumors going around. But there, the biggest rumor is that like, you know, he's not coming back on Twitch or any other platform like he's done. Which is weird right like i've been watching his streams as of recently sometimes in the background or whatnot and like you know he was doing well and like his viewership was high everything um it seemed like he was enjoying he, he was enjoying the games that he was playing on stream and stuff like with modern war war like warzone caught in call of duty caught of duty <laughs> and like it seemed like it was going really well for him so whatever this ban is, is like it's weird, right? Because they can't really be about music. Because as far as I knew, he got all of his music made personally for him. So there shouldn't be any sort of like copyright issue with any of his music. And like, anyway, that's not that's that's another point or another little topic tangent, but. Along with this, you know, those Ninja and Shroud on uh, Mixer, apparently there was a thing where Facebook Gaming tried to buy out their contracts from Mixer, but Ninja and Shroud both refused. Now, Facebook Gaming itself, like that platform, I think the biggest streamer that they have is Disguised Toast and uh, Tfuse X. Or current girlfriend, I can't remember. But like either way, like they're not like this guy's toast was a pretty big streamer on Twitch. Um the other girl, I think her name was Corinne. She was like, you know, I think on Twitch she maybe averaged like five thousand viewers, maybe seven thousand. But yeah, those are like the big people from Twitch that I know that got bought out. And like Oh yeah, Mixer also bought out uh, King Gathalian, who's like a Destiny 2 streamer. And with this like, you know, refusal, apparently Facebook Gaming just straight up bought Mixer. Instead of like, you know, being able to like kind of procure Shroud and Ninja. And with this buyout though, like this kind of like it happened so suddenly that a lot of people didn't even know it actually happened or it was going to happen. Like people that were actually working at Mixer had no idea. And this reminded me of how Blizzard pulled the plug on Heroes of the Storm, like the competitive scene in that game. 
I never really played Heroes of the Storm. I just knew that they, it was like Blizzard's try at Dota or League of Legends and trying to break into the MOBA market in the esports scene, but it never really got to that point. Uh, the game's mechanics weren't as, I guess, like, refined would be the best word. Like, it was very casual in terms of the way that the creeping went, and by creeping, like, the minions that you kill, and, like, only having, like, two lanes was kind of weird, too, instead of, like, the traditional three in MOBAs. And it just never really, like, took off. But there was a niche scene of, of, like, consistent viewers, consistent players that loved playing that game, that loved watching that game, and Blizzard just pulled the plug on them. Like, without any warning, like, careers ended when they did that. Like, people banked their livelihoods, almost, on Heroes of the Storm. And... When Blizzard did that, like, they were lost. Like, some of them, you know, have gone on to freelance work and stuff, but, like, some of them, like, moved their whole lives to a studio in, like, California to do broadcasts of Heroes of the Storm. And all of that was taken away from them as soon as, you know, Blizzard did that. Like, and it was, like, overnight. They had no idea. And the whole Mixer thing is, like, the same way. A lot of those streamers on Mixer stayed on Mixer because, like, you know, they chose that platform for what it was. The community that they had built who preferred using Mixer over, you know, other streaming platforms and it's gone. I know it, like they do have until sometime in June 2020 or not June, but July 2020 before Mixer itself fully becomes, you know, enveloped within Facebook gaming. But dude, you that's. It's really funny, too, and not because of, like, you know, those, you know, people who've, like, kind of lost their place, like, their home, but what's funny is, and this this situation I'm about to talk about itself is not a funny thing, but it's funny in the way that Mixer kind of, like, disregarded the whole thing, so... There was a employee that used to work at Mixer. And Mixer is owned by Microsoft, by the way. That's why, my, you know, Mixer is able to purchase Ninja and Shroud for that amount of money. Like, that giant sum of money. Um, but apparently, a high-level, like, executive or in a higher position told a black employee that any partner or any like person under her should just keep working like they're like this is like also i'm not phrasing it exactly for word for word but this is pretty close that they were her slaves she said that to a black employee that's not fucking cool and mixer never addressed this and this this news <clears throat> literally came out like a day or two before Mixer got bought out by Facebook. Like it, it's, it's the whole, with how, you know, high tensions are and just to, you know, get decent human beings or like not human beings, but human rights, you know, just to 
get rid of like or not even get rid of well what i mean is like to put into place like a decent system for you know human beings to coexist in this kind of like time and for that those kinds of statements and those kinds of actions to happen it's insane right and what else is also insane um this is a very sensitive topic but i feel like it should be definitely said and thought about right so i would like to believe if you haven't been like you know living under a rock or just kind of like isolated in like a closet or something for the past six seven years you should know about the me too movement and i'm not going to explain what the me too movement is but there's been a recent like kind of not a surge it makes it seem like it's some sort of event when it's really not it's more like a a unifying agreement that shitty things should not continue to happen So a pretty big like YouTuber slash streamer from like back in the Call of Duty days and who's maintained their popularity. And him and a lot of other people in like esports or just the gaming community in general have been outed for sexual assault, rape, and it's it's really messed up. Um and my I applaud these women for, you know, saying their truth. But what I don't like is when stands of the accused try and make it look like everything's a lie. It shouldn't be about how you defend, you know, your favorite personality who doesn't even know who you are most of the time, who you have no actual physical or like, you know, mental, like real relationship with this, these people, these individuals who have been accused of, you know, what they have been accused of. For you to come out and just kind of completely disregard what took a lot of courage to talk about is actually insane like these are actual stands of people who they have no you know real like tangible in you know kind of like relationship with and like you just like oh because you perceive the persona that they put out into the open you think it's completely like you completely disregard what was being said and instantly come to their defense. I'm not saying you should completely cancel anyone. Cancel culture is a plague. I believe in that. But I, what I do think is instead of doing it like that, you should probably like think about how instead of that person being canceled, how they can use whatever platform they're on 
to try and learn from like what they did and to spread awareness and to spread, you know, like they've they've changed. I believe that people can change. I believe that you can do shitty things in the past, but grow from it and realize that you were being a shitty person and try to be a better person from that. If you can't accept that and like you automatically believe that if someone were to like, you know, I'm not saying like murder or anything, but like, let's say, you know, they've grown mentally from being a a bigot or they've learned new facts about like how they've treated people and realize, you know what? I've been really shitty and selfish. I should probably acknowledge that I did that. Apologize. And from here on out, not be like that ever and make sure I never affect another person like that. And like whatever damage that I caused a person or anything before that, I should try and help them. Not, you know, just straight up like disregard it and like all this other junk. Like some of these people that have come out to say their truths had cease and desist letters put on them. And they've been like blacklisted from the industry, from like doing anything that they were doing. And it was, it's, you people, some of these dudes, and women too, um, because there have been cases where the women have like taken advantage of very socially awkward dudes. But like in general, the majority is men being garbage. I'm not saying, like, fight fire with fire or whatnot. What I am saying is grow from those experiences, realize your mistakes, and be a better person. And don't just instantly, like, defend your your favorite gamer or your favorite personality or whatever. Like, listen to both sides, understand it. There's usually, like, half a truth or, you know, two sides to every story and, like, maybe even a third. And... In general, what you should take away from it is like, there are shitty people, and you could be one of those shitty people too, but you should try and grow from it, and so should they. Yeah. Just think about it like that, because the way it has been going on as of late is like with the cancel culture stuff where livelihoods and families are destroyed and, you know, literally like, in a blink of an eye or overnight it's it's a shame really like the more i think about it like the more i can't stand it like i mean think about it like this all right there's different like cultural standards and stuff that's obvious right so like um if you think about like America, like marijuana is not that big of a deal. But in a country like South Korea, you're instantly looked at as garbage. So like, as soon as, you know, that kind of, excuse me, that was a hiccup or a burp, I'm not sure. Anyway, as soon as like uh, an individual is like caught with it or whatever, like, their whole reputation is just gone. Like, they're instantly seen as a drug addict who doesn't do anything but drugs. And, like, weed isn't even that big of a fucking deal. 
It's not. In fact, it's in some cases, it's healthy. But I'm not going to become like, you know, this isn't going to be like some sort of like, you know, drugs are great or whatever, or like drugs are bad or anything like that. It's just think about what you're really like, kind of do some research, you know, before you just straight up cancel somebody like it's not just you know taking away their money or whatever right it's about like what you're essentially doing is ripping away their way of life like how they've been you know living their life or however long or you know however short a period that they had gotten there or whatnot like it's like taking that away. Now, I will say this. Donald Trump definitely needs to be canceled. And I'll stand behind that. But that's a topic for another time. Um, yeah. Anyways, this was the third episode of the Falcon Punch podcast. Hope you've enjoyed. Uh, the podcast is now available on like multiple, multiple platforms. Uh, the, I'm pretty sure it's on Apple podcast. Now it's on Google podcast. It's on Spotify, anchor, um, pocket cast and like all these other sites and stuff. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you have any feedback, hit me up on Twitter. That's uh Falcon Ponch. Uh, the spellings and the name of the or the title of the episode. If you haven't, you know, been able to like figure that out yet, and you suddenly got here on some weird way or whatnot. But yeah, thank you. Um, again, I, I gotta figure out how I want to do like a schedule kind of thing, or if I'm just gonna like you know throw these up. And but yeah, make sure to follow me on Twitter uh follow me on whatever like podcast feed slash thing that you enjoy listening to your podcast on and i'll see you next time be safe be healthy bye